Our World Without Wires is a wireless power podcast created to spark conversation, share stories, and educate the public on the future of wireless charging. Each podcast episode explores one key question in or adjacent to the wireless power space. Guests include wireless power industry experts, engineers, product designers, and technology leaders engaging in casual chats on compelling subjects. Our World Without Wires takes a lighthearted tone that is accessible to everyone, even while addressing highly technical topics. Join us and learn how you can live in an unwired world. It's time for another episode of Our World Without Wires. With the proliferation of charging cables, bricks, and cords that vary from device to device, the European Union has handed down a mandate that common consumer electronics sold in the EU will be required to have a USB-C charging port, eliminating the need for multiple charging devices, empowering consumer choice, and reducing e-waste. Today, our guest is Dinesh Kitani from Watt. Dinesh is a well-established wireless power industry analyst with over 25 years of experience across the technology sector and consumer markets. Dinesh will discuss the reasoning and impact of the new EU universal charger mandate and also help us understand how the wireless power industry is primed to help reduce our dependence on cords and chargers. Welcome to our world without wires. Today I have with me Mr. Dinesh Kithani from Wired and Wireless Technologies. You know, he's one of the top analysts covering the wireless power charging industry. Great to have you, Dinesh. I really wanted to talk to you about the new mandate from European Union and how all the consumer electronics companies have to kind of move to a single standard based on USB-C. So can you inform and educate our users what the new mandate is, what it means? and so on. Yeah, perfect. Uh, first of all, thank you very much, Sanjay, to, to yourself and the uh, FRA Alliance uh, industry body for giving me this opportunity to, to share my views. And with regards to our topic today about European Union mandate about having a single ports, I think this was uh, long awaited. In fact, we were all waiting for this to come in. And whether on a personal front or a professional front, we see a lot of uh, reasons why this is so important. And uh, to put it, to, to, before I say my opinion on that, I would just like to reconfirm that what we are talking about is the European Union's mandate where we want uh, single ports or less ports to be used across devices. And I think that is the objective of, uh, of European Union. And in fact, there's no one objective. There are multiple objectives having different meanings to that. I think the most important one is obviously to reduce the electronic wastage that we are seeing here. And uh, example, if you if you if, if I take my own example, if I'm going for any conference and all in in my, my office bag, I'm carrying at least four to five different ports. I'm, I'm having a separate a heavy heavy duty port for my laptop, separate for my mobile, separate for my watch, and separate for my say wireless earphones or charging pads. And even if I have a power bank, that's another one to carry. So you can understand for a single use for the same objective that we want our devices to be powered, we have so many devices, so many chargers. And, and the versus each of these chargers have different ports to that. So that's the main objective. So that we have, uh, the, and it's linked to the second uh, objective of that, as far as I understand, is to increase interoperability across uh, the devices, across the ports. And here, I'm thinking a little louder here. It's not even having, say, example, a single same port for one particular type of devices, so like a same port for all mobile phones, but it's talking about a same port across devices, whether it's mobiles, laptop, tablets, and all those stuff here. And, and seeing the vast adoption of 
USB Type-C port for large install base or wider acceptance across the OEMs, across the industry, across the consumers and establishments, I think it makes sense to see that, oh, wow, now we have a successful widely used uh, port, if I may say. So I think that's that's where we are. So it's, it's more about uh, reducing the wastage, electronic wastage, and at the same time, having interoperative across the devices. Yeah, no, thank you, Dinesh, for that overview. And I agree with you, right? I think everybody in the industry should be committed to reducing the electronic waste. And, you know, if you look today, right, you know, how many billions of chargers end up in a landfill? If you think about it, completely unnecessary. So I think I personally laud the European Union's effort here to try and bring the industry together and improve the interoperability and so on. So let's talk about the impact of this new mandate. What's likely to happen or what needs to happen in the short term? Um, again, uh, again, a couple of points here, I would say. First of all, obviously, we will be carrying a single port, hopefully a single port with this. And with that means, uh, with OEMs getting maybe one or two years of mandate, I think the mandate is up to 2024, to have a consolidation with regards to the use of ports or using a common port. And I, I can see one of the biggest impact having on an ecosystem because we have you know, a couple of ecosystems in the market where we have uh, USB micro ports, we have a USB Type-C port, we have a USB A port, and we have, a, I would say, a lightning connector from Apple. Apple has a different ecosystem. While on the USB type, I think USB Implementation Forum, USB IF, uh, has done a very excellent job in, in promoting their USB Type-C type of uh, wired interface connection technology. And within that same technology, it has built in so many protocols. To elaborate more on that, in USB Type-C now, we can do display using the same ports. We can use it for audio, same port as well. We can do data transfer in the same port. So we can use either... And in fact, they have alternate mode of that protocols. We have display port, HDMI alt mode. We have display port. We have power delivery as well. And we have a Thunderbolt as well. So in a single solution, we have multiple you know, operations going in that front. So that's quite ready. And we have seen that adoption really expanding into wider applications, not only within mobile phones, not only within laptops, but also other applications as well. Even the automotive sector is looking to adopt USB Type-C. This leads with another port, which is the Apple's Lightning Connector. Again, it's a very, very important interface for the market because Apple has a very big share in the market, but not only across one device, but multiple devices. So I think that's where the hint will be. To answer your question, uh, very briefly, I would say, Apple will be the one of the key companies to be looked at, whether they shift to using shift from using the Lightning Connector to using a Type-C connector. And, and I would say that's not very difficult because uh, Apple has already done that for the MacBooks. They already converted into Type-C. So it's only the mobile phones, I would say. And mobile phones and maybe a few models of the AirPods, which is still using a Lightning Connector. Right. Where it is right. So I think that's where it will be impacted more on. Yeah, yeah. So I think what you're saying is, right, the short-term impact of the change is probably not huge given a lot, the uh, you know, the industry had already started to convert to the USB Type-C connector. Yeah. Yes, there are a few products that will need to, uh, need to evolve, and that was probably already on the roadmap. So probably it's worth maybe thinking about the impact of this long term, right? You know, I think we, when I look at regulations and mandates, it's always important to look not just like immediate the next two year, three year period, but what behaviors will this trigger? 
and what technology advancements we will see as a result of this particular mandate from the European Union. So what's your thoughts on that? And, you know, especially I'm actually very interested in learning about, will this be a catalyst finally to get more people to transition and move to wireless power, right? You know, wireless power, we've had this feature. Okay, it's not everything that everybody would like today, but how does this mandate change that trajectory of evolution in the wireless power industry? Yeah, yeah, and, and, and sure, I think it's, it would be very interesting to talk about a little bit going, going into the future. But before that, let me clarify on my previous point. Even though Apple will be one of the key companies to get influenced by this mandate, but there are still many other applications, like uh, like I said, in you know, automotive market, we are still using the USB Type A in in those applications. And if you see the performance, is not that great. The airlines industry, where we have in you know, all the our airline C's, they are using Type A and all those stuff. And again, it's not yeah. the good quality of product that we're seeing. And also, if you see many of the chargers in the market, they're using um, uh, micro USB Type C. So it's it's a big evolution there. Uh, with obviously, we require the support of Apple because it's one of the key drivers of the technology. So that's mm-hmm. there. But but to answer your question about the future, I think we all uh, leading towards less cords being used, less power cables being used to right. really no power and cables to use. So I would say the intermediate process, while the wireless power technology evolves further, matures further, we may have to take this intermediate step of moving to a common adapter or common, uh-huh. or common interface. Course. But yes, sure, the, the long-term aim for everybody is... Uh, having a wireless uh, wireless free uh, world we have wireless communication but now let's do wireless power as well so that that is surely the modern and in fact it's not the future i've already seen some of the applications some of the categories already moving into wireless power you know example when we see mobile phones even though we have a multiple ports we have wired and wireless both but within 2 years time i'm i'm expecting a totally sealed device in the market where there'll be no ports at all and that that is thanks to the advancement in the wireless power market. There's a lot of expectations out there. We still have a yeah. lot of work to do, but uh, we are moving of in course. that direction. So, so Dinesh, yeah, and that's an excellent point. You know, we should look at kind of consolidating around a single wired interface for charging as a stepping stone to the ultimate goal for the industry. Maybe it's worth talking a little bit about how does the wireless charging or wireless power technology has to change or evolve to be able to to serve that need, right? I think wireless power now has been around for quite a bit, at least, you know, charging phones. But, you know, the adoption has been, I would say, mixed, right? So how does the technology need to evolve and change for the better to be able to serve the need so that, you know, the wireless, the wired charging kind of goes away? Yeah, yeah. I, I think here I would like to highlight again first by crediting the the wireless power consortium for coming up with a standard which is widely adopted. Mm-hmm. But I would consider that has a very very early stage or generation one of wireless power. I'm sure wireless power consortium or, or any industry body like Airfield Alliance or SAE or NFC Forum will not stop over here. We'll continue to adopt. We have seen a very good response to wireless power. We see a lot of craze by the consumers, by the establishments, by the you know ecosystem. I would say. So that there is a good possibility of that to increase it. But yes, we have a lot of work to do. We have a few solutions in the market out there. Some are industry standard-based solutions. Some are proprietary-based solutions as well. And the reason for having proprietary is because the standard is moving at a different pace in the requirement of the market or the requirement of the application or use cases. 
That's why we need to have a solution. Again, while we talk about interoperability, we also need to have interoperability across the wireless power solutions, if I may say. More of that sort, because we do not want to reach the same situation we reach in a wired interface world where we have different ports used for different applications or use cases. And yeah. at the same time, we should learn from that experience and do not come up with a different wireless power solutions for different type of applications for different type of use cases. So coming from that front, I think while we are developing the wireless power solutions, advancing the technology, again, you have to think a little bit futuristic, not like what will happen in the next one or two years. Okay, fine. I have my technology in these devices. Okay, exactly for the next two years. After that, I don't know. Yeah, so I think that's an excellent point. What you're saying is the wireless power industry needs to be proactive and develop solutions that can charge, let's say, any device that needs maybe, let's say, a watt, like my Bluetooth headsets, for example, to my phone, to my smartwatch, to even my tablet or my computer, all from my laptop from the same wireless charging device right? Rather than having different solutions like how USB ended up, right? And maybe the lightning connector throw it in added to this as well is let's not have different solutions for different power needs. Let's have one solution, wireless charging solution that goes, covers all the range of our consumer electronics. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, that is where my worry is at the moment, because Mm I've already, we are into the very initial stages of wireless power. Like, you know, like we said, in the 10 years, especially when you take the mainstream, I'm not talking about electric toothbrushes, which was there for more than 15, 20 years. Sure. But if you take, take mobile phones, example, we, or maybe even consumer application, we are seeing compartments of power, mm-hmm. power classes, you know, less than 5 watts, 5 to 15 watts, uh, 30 to uh, 200 watts, and you know, 2 kilowatt solutions. I think, I think while we are working on the initial generation one type of technology, we should think loud and say, yes, we want interoperability. We want backward integration. If I put my mobile on a, on a one kilowatt solution, a transmitter, it should identify that this is a device which will require up to, for example, 10 watts or 15 watts and come back to that. Rather than me having, instead of uh, multiple ports in the houses, I have multiple uh, wireless power transmitters in the market at my home as well. And, and then wondering, oh, where will I keep my, my watch? Will I keep it on this tra- wireless power transmitter or I'll keep it on this transmitter? of that sort. Yeah and, yeah. and in fact, the issue is even more serious than that. Even if let's take even a mobile phone or one application, one device, even in that, we currently have at least around five to six solutions in the market. There's no one solution for wireless power. We have uh, WPC's VPP, which is basic power profile. Mm-hmm. We have WPC's EPC, which is extended power profile, which is 15 watts. Then we have Apple fast charger, seven and a half watts. Then we have a Samsung fast charger, around nine watts. Then at the same time, we have Apple launched their proprietary MagSafe charging solution. <laughs> yeah. That's one. Then on top of that, we are developing uh, MPP, which is you know, more like a Qi versus a MagSafe type of integration. So we are already into six different type of solutions, which we have thrown out in the market. And we, we are making consumers imagine if they buy a mobile phone and if they, they're interested in shifting to wireless power, which one they should use. <laughs> I think, Dinesh, you are absolutely right in your observation now, and it also makes sense, right? Like, now I realize why my phones don't work as advertised, right? I get my wireless charger from wherever. I go buy one on Amazon. I try my phone. It says it's 10 watts. It maybe barely charges at 5. It heats up. 
lots of challenges. But I think that's the reason why I think a lot of the members of the air fuel community said, look, we need to just have a slightly different technical solution to this, something where interoperability and covering the entire range is thought up front rather than later, right? Because, you know, a lot of this interoperability and so on is very difficult and very yeah. painful, honestly, yeah. to, to think about and plan for at the end, right? This yeah. has to be a design requirement when you start. Yeah. Yeah. In, in fact, that's a good point. In fact, we, we have discussed that point a couple of times, uh, Sanjay, uh, in, in the Airflow Alliance uh, meetings as well with the members and all and solution providers. I think even if we cannot have a common wireless power solution to cater to up to two kilowatts, up to one kilowatt, but at least if we have a decency up to one kilowatt and we can throw in any type of applications within that power range, say, example, I can put a mobile phone on that, I can put a laptop on that or a tablet on that or a watch on that. I think that will be an excellent thing, whether it's it's developed by Airflow Alliance or developed by anybody else. But I think this is what the industry would need. Or in fact, everybody will appreciate I will yeah. not be surprised after this mandate from European Union, they will come up immediately with another mandate very soon as to, oh, what, what are we doing here? We thought we are we are technology savvy, we have learned from our mistakes or learned from right. the experience. Yeah. Why are we having so many different solutions in the market? Why mm-hmm. are different AGVs, wireless is charged using different technology? Why are different phone is charged using a different technology? And why are they having, instead of having a wireless phones, fine, you call it as a wireless phones, wireless charging phones, but at the end, there is still a cable out there. Why are we having so many? So I'm still having three or different uh, transmitters connected to my wall socket rather than having a one common adapter there. No, absolutely. And in fact, I think I've always maintained, right? The wireless power that we have today, and as you said, like the first generation technology, even though it feels like wireless, it hasn't really satisfied the needs and the expectation that consumers have, right? Ideally, I would love to see, like call it like wireless charging become infrastructure, right? So when I build a home, it has wireless charger. My desks and my kitchen counters come with wireless power enabled and they last like 15 years, 20 years, 30 years, as long as the home or that piece of furniture lasts. And now I put whatever device I want on it, my electronic device, and it can receive power, right? That's what is needed for us to truly avoid the waste rather than go as like you said the intermediate step is good it will reduce some some of the waste but to really solve the problem we it you know charging infrastructure has to become like infrastructure rather than a disposable item yeah yeah uh, sanjay on, on this point let me elaborate and give you a very good and a bad reason why the wireless power has clicked or not clicked Example, you said we want a home where we have a common adapter. We want it in a sock. We don't want sockets across. We just want a few wireless uh, charging stations. I think everybody wants it. You ask anybody that you will want it. I will want it. Consumers will want it. Establishment will want it. Companies, offices will want it. But I think uh, the question for them and for everybody here is, if I want it, which one will I be putting it? And and not only that, if I even know, except example, I'm putting, I want this type of transmitter in, in my house or office or in my, in my car, uh, this is what I want. But is it futuristic? What will happen if two years down the line, will it technology will still be there in the market or not? Very simple example, you know, let's talk about the automotive in-cabin scenario. 
where uh, we were earlier wondering why the technology was not picking up in the automotive market. Mm-hmm. And in the automotive market, we know the life cycle of a, a, of a car is around at least 10 years, if not more. So I'm glad that automotive market did not rush into adopting wireless power, I would say. Otherwise, in the market now, there would have been millions of wireless charging transmitters embedded into the dashboards with a 5-watt charger capabilities. And we all know within two or three years of market development, how that 5 watts has become totally redundant, at least for charging a phone. So glad, glad we had not put up. I'm so happy. In fact, earlier I was feeling, why not? Why why were you wasting time? Why why are you not adopting? But glad that did not happen. Because now at least we are now thinking about at least a 15 watt charger or slightly more. In fact, some of the companies I've been uh, looking into developing a multi-frequency solution with a low mm-hmm. frequency and high frequency as well, which is slightly more futuristic. Yeah. They may not be mobile phones with a high frequency solution, but from an automotive market, OEM perspective, it makes sense to have a, a, a dual transmitter so that it's slightly more futuristic. And again, mm-hmm. you're putting a 15 watt charge and I'm not saying it's futuristic, but at least slightly much better than we what we would have done with a 5 watt adapter which been redundant by now. Yeah, well, uh, and I think you're absolutely right. And I think you brought up also a very interesting part about the high-frequency solutions, right? I think the world has now learned maybe a little bit, you know, after maybe some tough lessons, right? That if you want to be able to charge multiple devices, maybe, which is what, uh, you know, at the same time, which is really what wireless is all about, right? And give you the spatial freedom or the positional freedom to be able to put device not align it with magnets and so on, you have to move to higher frequencies, right? Yeah. Then we are using today, not the kilohertz anymore. You really have to get into the megahertz. Yeah. And I think that's probably one of the the key evolutions in the industry that needs to happen, right? Mm-hmm. Because a lot of the the vision and the dreams we have about wireless power probably can't be achieved if we don't move, right? Because we've seen multiple solutions at lower kilohertz frequencies promised, which were even introduced, but then they really didn't work as advertised at the end. Yeah. And just to clarify on this point, I'm here, I'm not want to talk about more about whether low frequency is better or high frequency is better. I don't want to do that comparison. But if you you see a scenario, we we are living in a multi-device scenario. I have different type of devices they need a different power profile. Plus, they are used in different scenarios or use cases. I may need a phone while I'm at home, which I'm fine to do even a wired connection example. But mm-hmm. when I'm when I'm at a different place, I will rather have a convenient having a wireless charge over there. Plus, at the same time, when I'm a car, I mean, my car is shaky enough. You know, when I drive the car, maybe yeah. the low frequency will not work very well example. I'm not saying it will not work, but it may not work. So, so different scenarios, yeah. even for the same device, I'm fine to even have multiple uh, uh, frequency solutions there. So based on yeah. the scenarios, you will, you will switch over to that particular technology there. Yeah, no, I, and I think, Dinesh, you're absolutely right. I've read um, like reviews on Amazon, right, about wireless charging in cars. And if you live in Boston and, you know, you have as many bottles as Boston roads do, Mm-hmm. Uh, the first part hole in the phone has moved and it's not charging anymore. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> so, unfortunately, right, this is just the the reality of the world uh, that we yeah. live in. And yeah. we need the technology to be forgiving, right? Yeah. And Enough also at the same say, time, uh, every device has a different form factor or like I said, the use case of the yeah. format. 
So not right. everywhere a coil will fit in, not everywhere a, a antenna will fit in, not everywhere you have a spatial yeah. freedom, you know, not spatial freedom means liberty of a space inside a device to, to append a coil. Right. So, so maybe the, the, there's a solution where we use antennas, example, NFC coils or antennas in those type of applications. So yes, I, I think, and again, at the same time, we are not talking on one applications. Having a wider frequency solution or high frequency solution, we can charge any of the devices without even thinking whether this is devices for this transmitter yeah. or the other way around. Mm -hmm. No, very good, very good, very good. Well, thank you for, for your time today. You know, very, and I, I just realized we could have talked on for maybe another hour here on this particular topic, easily, yeah. <laughs> right? Uh, but maybe, but do you want to say a few last words to summarize the situation and what your hope and desire is, you know, that happens as a result of this new mandate from yeah. the European Union? I'm looking at it more from optimistic perspective. I think this is a very moment in a good direction, very positive direction. Uh -huh. And I think it it will it it is moving towards a, a one or two steps further towards the wireless power that we all we are aspiring for. And at the same time, example, I know we we talked about this impacting the mobile phone market, especially the Apple phone example here. here. But uh, I will not be surprised with this move. Uh, phones start to get to become a more sealed devices at least one or two earlier than what their plans were, because right. I will not be surprised if, if Apple tomorrow comes with says, okay, yes, instead of shifting to a Type C. Let me directly shift to a, a sealed device. I'll not be. I'll not be surprised. If I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm just speculating at the moment, but that could yeah. be one of the ways in which we could look at. And I think that will really trigger the use of, of a really cordless wireless uh, type of environment or ecosystem, not only for mobile phones but other applications. So yeah, I think on the concluding note, I think that's a very very good thing. Uh, yeah. I'm only hoping. If not hoping, I, I may even tease the European Union to why not you keeping a close watch on the wireless power solutions because we are so many out there. Why right. not work towards making them interoperable as well or making it more futuristic rather than do it now than later on? No, perfect. And I think the and I think you're absolutely right. I am I actually believe this is huge plus for wireless power industry. And I think it accelerates the the transition to some of the future evolution in technology like you talked about, right? I think everybody yeah. knows the limitations of the current technology, the first generation technologies, which always will exist, right? You know, mm. technology has to keep evolving. I think we have technical solutions to to drive the industry forward. Mm. And this is probably one of the catalysts to drive the adoption of these new technology and evolution in the wireless power industry. Well, thank you so much, Dinesh, for your time. Uh, looking forward to our next conversation, uh, maybe sure. in six months or so. Sure, thank, no you for thank you very, very much uh, for the opportunity. It was great talking with you, Sanjay.